have such sights to show you. Don't come any closer. They're behind us. I met this six-year-old child with blackest eyes. You're listening to Some Daylight Required, a father and daughter podcast dedicated to reviewing the classic and the not-so-classic horror movies, thrillers, or something just a little spooky. And of course, each review comes with a healthy side of general chit-chat. This week, we have a family reunion, so sit back, relax, and join us on our journey into the depths of darkness as we discuss Haunted Latin America. Soy Emmanuel. Soy Rodrigo. Hello and welcome to Some Daylight Required, a podcast known for sharing and caring. I'm Ray the Munchman Williams, and today I'm joined by my co-host and ghost whisperer, Emily. How are you doing today, Emily? I'm good. I'm whispering to ghosts, apparently. <laughs> uh, yes, I am g- doing good. Well, I, I like to try and give our introductions a uh, unique spin for every episode. That a little so, bit, bit of a little bit of pizzazz. Yeah, that that relates back to the what what we're actually talking about today. Fair enough. Um, it's me, it makes me sound cooler. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are cool. You can't get in cooler. Yeah, true. All right. So, what have you been up to? What have you been watching, reading, playing, video games wise? Anything new? Uh not really. Uh, I have been continuing to watch. Uh, the series Riverdale. Yep. We're currently on season three, about halfway or uh, three quarter way through that, so we're nearly finished. It's very good. I do like it. I recommend it to anyone out there who's a little bit into, um, who's older and likes the Scooby Doo shows. That's probably the best. It's like an adult version of Scooby Doo, basically. Yep. Except they don't have a dog, unfortunately. There is a dog, but they don't have uh, But it's not a talking dog. It's not a talking dog, which is sad. But yeah, it's um yeah, it's a lot of mysteries just happening in a town. So it's it's a good show. It's just it's a good show. <laughs> a bit of a mature content. Yeah, mature content definitely. So at least gotta be at least a teen to watch it. Yeah. Uh I've also been watching the anime Black Butler. I was, con- I, I was contemplating whether I should say this or not. It's a little bit of a w- on the weird side of an anime, yep. but it is a good one. It is a good one. Basically, it's just about a kid makes a deal with a demon, and uh, the demon's going to be uh, help him find who killed the kid's parents. Yep. And that's what the whole series is about. Whole uh, three series seasons. That's perfect for this podcast. It's that's a horror related thing. <laughs> True. Uh, I really like it. It's it's a good anime. I'm. Because it's meant to be see- like half of season one, season three, the rest of season one, and then season two. But I would season one, and I'm half- like basically at the end of season three. It's a weird concept. It's a weird um, order of seasons. The way that got released, yeah, they yeah. messed it up a bit. Uh, but it is def- it is really good, and I recommend anyone out there who likes anime to watch it. Cool, excellent. What have you been reading, watching, etc., etc.? I have been. Reading odd hours still, slowly. I didn't get anywhere near as much read in the last week uh, since we last spoke. I got read one chapter opposed to the other day that when we spoke and I got, got through about 100-odd pages or so. I've also been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Xbox, been picking that up again. That's a 
open world western game and you basically can go look you can either be a good guy or a bad guy you can collect bounties you can um, truck down other criminals you can steal horts uh, wagon carts full of supplies or you can protect them you basically can join gangs and all sorts of stuff so it's just cool open world i like to go hunting in that you can be what they call a tanner so you basically you go hunt some deer or elk or, or whatever and then you um you skin them and you get their meat and then you take it back and you make it into clothes and then you can sell that for goods i find it's just a bit of fun to do late at night if i don't want to have to think and you know if i'm not if i don't want to stay up for a super long time watching a, a movie or i can't find something to watch i just like to throw it on and, and play for half an hour and just yeah, run around and try and hunt a few animals and, you know, maybe do some wagon protection. So that's been good to play that because I hadn't had a chance to play that for quite a while. Uh, watching, uh, there was two things I've watched recently. Uh, one was good, one was bad. I watched The Swarm from like, I think it was 1978 or something like that. Had Michael Caine in it. It's about a swarm of killer bees. Unfortunately, this movie is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I really like Michael Caine, but this movie was bad. It, it was just, it was very slow. It must be bad coming from you if it's very slow. Yeah, it's very slow. It sort of has massive jumps in timeline. It's almost like it, if there was a, it's someone, uh, I don't know how to put it. It's probably more like if there was actually killer bees out there that were attacking a town. They get all these scientists together to sort of research how they can stop. And it just, the whole movie just goes on and on on them. And it's just them doing research and them doing research and them doing research. And then they attempt something and it fails. And so they do more research. And it goes for like two and a half hours or something, this movie. And it, and it, in the end, like all of their attempts to, to do it fail. These bees are killing everyone. So then they just get out flamethrowers and then attempt to flamethrower all the bees. And like that's not the final solution, but that's like pretty much what they end up resorting to till one of them has a brainwave right at the the very end on, oh, this is how we can probably get rid of the bees, which still included setting them all on fire, but <laughs> it was like luring them out to the ocean before they set them on fire. It just took forever. It, there was, you know, I, I don't mind a slow-paced movie, but this was really slow. It was actually like sitting there as if I was in the scientist labs, just sitting there watching these people stare through microscopes while they try to, to work it out. So Always set your enemies on fire. Yeah, so in the end they should have just, you know, went after them with a bit of flamethrower or something. Yeah. Guns are blazing. Uh, yeah, and like I said, it skips through time. I think at like one stage, you think it's only been like a, a week or something, and then one of them makes a comment that it's been like a year. And you're like, what? <laughs> How's it just been a year? And it's like, there's just no continuity. Anyway. I won't go on about it anymore. I was looking forward to it when I watched it, and then when I did watch it, I was very let down. The other movie which I did watch was Sputnik, which is a Russian movie, an alien Russian movie, where basically these astronauts go up into space, they come back, but one of them brings back an alien which is like hiding inside him, and overnight it will come out and then then go back in after a couple of hours. And the army, like the Russian army and that, they've got him and they know that this thing's happening. They're trying to work out a way to separate the alien from the human. And, and they bring in a doctor who sh it's, she's to help sort of work out a way on how to separate the two. 
Now, this was really good. Again, it was a scientist movie, but there was a bit of action in it, and you weren't just sitting there watching her trying to come up with a plan. Like, they actually had, like, a bit of conspiracy stuff happening, and it went through all these things that they were doing, and it was really good. So I, I recommend it. I'll probably show it to you at later later at the stage. It's got subtitles because it's Russian, which, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't detract from it. It's actually quite good. And, yeah, I really liked it, and it was, like, ten times better than The Swarm. Fair enough. I- Yes, we can watch it soon-ish. Yeah, when we got when we got a bit of free time, we got a lot of movies that we're going to try and get through in the next few weeks. Yeah. Let's move on to announcements. So there's a couple of announcements here. Uh, one that was just announced the other day that Saw 10, or Saw X as it's been referred to at the moment, is just been in the works. Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures have announced that they are working on Saw 10, which I think was a bit of a surprise to people because Saw 9, or what it's actually called uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, it hasn't actually come out yet. It's due to release on the 14th of May, and that's got Chris Rock in it, so it's coming out next month. Um, So it hasn't even hit the cinemas yet, and they're already started work on number 10. So um, Damn, they're fast. Yeah, so obviously they're expecting big things from number 10. They're obviously getting pretty good reviews back from any target test audiences that they got. But um, I've seen most of the Saw movies. I think I might not have seen the last one, Jigsaw, but all the others I've seen and they've all been pretty good. So Jigsaw, is it like Jig and then hyphen Saw? No, just Jigsaw as in like Jigsaw Puzzle or Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Well, it's basically Jigsaw Puzzle because he sets up puzzles to trap people. Uh-huh. Puzzles for them to get escape. Should have been a pun. <laughs> So yeah, so that was a pretty cool announcement. I'm excited about that. I'm actually going to probably go through, now that I know that um, Spiral from the Book of Saw, which is Saw 9, is out next month. I'm probably going to basically do a big marathon and just watch Saw 1 to 8 up to that point. So that way I can work my way through all of them. So it's all fresh in my mind, ready to go in for when the new one comes out at the movies next month. Okay. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, which is more on a personal note and not actually a bit in regards to horror movies, is that I'm going, I ride a motorbike and I'm going to go on a big motorbike ride, uh, which is for men's health. So basically it's a charity motorcycle ride. So we, it's called the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. It's not just for gentlemen. It's actually open for everyone, but that's just the name of it. And the idea is that you get dressed up in a suit, tie, bow tie. You get dressed up real dapper. And if you've got like vintage motorbike or classic style motorbikes, you ride around and you earn some money for charity to help, you know, fight uh, prostate cancer or prevent suicide. So a bit of mental health there. So I'm actually going to include a link in the show notes. And if anyone's interested in donating to that cause to help sponsor me for my ride, which is happening on May 23rd. So I've got a month before it happens. And basically this ride happens all around the world. And I'll be doing the local one here in Brisbane, which will go for a few hours. So I'll put a link in the show notes if anyone's interested on having a look at that and hopefully donating a bit of money to a good cause. Uh, do you have anything you would like to add in announcements before we move on? Uh, no, I do not. I do not have anything as exciting as those two, so I don't have anything else to say. Alright, no worries, except for this Thursday we're going to go see Unholy. Yes. Which I did find out has actually been released everywhere else. Um, it was just like us that got, uh, postponed because of COVID release. Uh, 
It's sad. So it's sad, but it's good to know that it actually came out in cinemas. I haven't actually seen any reviews for it. I'm avoiding that so we can go in with our own fresh eyes and be untainted when we give our opinion of it. Okay. Excellent. Well, on that note, let's move on to the main discussion. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so as mentioned, we're actually going to be talking about a series that is on Netflix at the moment called Haunted Latin America. And uh, this there is normal Haunted, well, it's just called Haunted, and they have two seasons of that. And this is their latest season, season three, which is called Haunted Latin America. So, Ems, why don't you just give us a brief rundown of what this series is based around? Okay. Well, as you already said, this is the first series we've discussed on this podcast, so very exciting. The show consists of five episodes where friends and family gather around as one of them shares a paranormal experience they've had. Normally, this paranormal experience, most of it ranges from only a couple of years, but one of them ranges for someone's whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of them are, well, one of them is good, like something good happens to a person, most of them are bad, and in between, when, when someone's discussing what they've experienced, they also have cutscenes, sort of snippets of reenactments of what happened, yep. so that you can like see how what happened to them as well as hearing them say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, there's only about five people in the room, with one of them being the main speaker, so there's only a small group of people that you sort of have to, that's focused around. Even sometimes it'll be a little bit smaller. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, that gives us a good idea of sort of how the show operates. There's only five episodes in this series. And because we're going to be talking about the series and not just the movie, rather than talking about the characters, because there aren't really any characters, I'll just give a brief description, a very brief description on each episode and what it's about. So the first episode was called House of the Damned, and this was an episode where a single mother and her two sons moved back into a house that they owned after she was separating from her husband at the time. And once they moved in, they started to experience um, issues with an entity that started off as very subtle to begin with, but then escalated more and more. And they they did move out and come back, and uh, the entity was just very strong in the house and started tormenting him for a fair bit. The second episode is called The Cursed Doll, and as the name says, there is a cursed doll. Basically, a young girl is given a doll from her father on her 15th birthday, and some evil entity inhabits that doll or attaches itself to that doll. And then as she grows older and she has her own children, the doll or the evil entity attached to the doll starts tormenting them itself and playing nasty tricks and going forward. The third episode is called The Woman from El Molino, and this one's a little bit different. This is, as you said, is a good one. It's a a man who ends up joining, I believe he's in the police force, starts seeing spirits of dead women, and they talk to him, and at first he sort of ignores them, but he realizes that from his point of view, that doesn't look like they're there to cause him harm or to haunt him. And he explains one of the he explains one of the episodes that he has with them where they went in, him and a couple of other officers went into a dangerous place and then that one of the ghosts the spirits started whispering to him telling him to get down and stay down and that they were going to be attacked and because of the voices that he heard from that spirit he was he actually survived that dangerous encounter and so 
It's a very interesting one. It's about his experience with spirits that are there to help and guide him. The fourth episode is called Something's Knocking at the Door, and this episode revolves around a young boy who grows up to be a a young man, where when he's very young, a neighbor of his commits suicide, and then shortly after that, he starts experiencing like knocking sounds at, at doors and just other things, thinking that he sees someone or shadows in the house. Um, and this goes on for quite a while. And then they, he even moves to another location where he thinks he's then going to be safe. And then shortly after he moves in there, another person passes away. And then it all starts happening and they can't move again because his father gets really sick. So he's stuck there. And every night there's just knocking at the door. And it just this entity just doesn't leave him alone. The final one is called The Devil Dances Before Easter. This one is, again, there's a young boy and he goes to live with his grandmother and she is a gypsy from memory. Just before Easter, they do a big house cleaning thing as part of the ritual to get clean the house and invite all good energy in. And then she needs to, the grandmother goes to lay down and says, don't go outside, don't go outside because all the, the energy is ripe outside and the negative energy or whatever. Boy doesn't listen to her because he wants to go play with some friends. So he, he goes out, he finds a puppy dog, he starts coming home. Then all of a sudden the dog gets too heavy for him and then he starts hearing like growling and then he looks behind him and there's a giant dog. Um, hellhound. Yeah, giant hellhound. He manages to get inside but this sort of thing has attached to him and then he starts seeing like the dog appears under his bed or there's a shadowy a figure that follows him around and lots of stuff starts tormenting him and then he grows up and it's all about him on his experience with trying to get rid of this entity that had attached itself to him. So yeah, that's basically the five episodes there. And all these episodes are actually all based on true stories. So these aren't fictionalized. These are like the real people coming in and telling their friends and families. Okay, um, so this is where we give our spoiler warning that we will try and keep all spoilers to a minimum. We've given you a brief rundown of every sort of episode. But just be warned, there may be some secrets revealed as we talk about each episode. What did you think about the series? What, um, Ems, what did you think of this idea of a person coming in with a group of friends and family and just sort of retelling their experiences about like these hauntings that had happened with them? Uh, it was a very good storyline. I did like it a lot. I would like it if another season of it came out as well. It was it was really good. Even though we had to read subtitles, it was still really good. Yep, just goes to show that sometimes subtitles do not subtract from the pleasure of watching a movie. It just makes you concentrate more on it. That's it. (laughs) I really liked it. Like I said, there has been two other seasons of this where it is just the straight American English-speaking versions. Um, And I've watched those, and most of those are quite good as well. However, i got to say, I think I did find this one better than some of the other ones that I saw. Not all of them. A lot of the other ones are very good as well, but there were a couple of episodes in the other two seasons that I don't think were quite as good as this one, but I don't know. Maybe it's the the mystical side of Latin America that just increases the intrigue when watching this. So I really enjoyed it. I liked the way it's sort of done like almost like a crime documentary 
where they, because they do this with a lot of crime documentaries where they'll interview the inspectors or witnesses or whatever, and then they cut back and forth in between and show the little reenactments. And I, I think that really aided towards like the storytelling part. What did, what did you think? Yeah, it definitely did. So that you could actually see what they were talking about and everything. Mm-hmm. It definitely made it a lot more interesting. I noticed that even sometimes we saw in the cutscenes, we saw stuff that the other people didn't like in the house of the damned we actually see the little boy for a little bit while the dad's well not the dad but the new dad is walking up the steps we see the we see a boy for a little bit yep, um, and he's one of the spirits that's haunting the house yes and also at the end of each episode um we sort of see the um spirit entity or whatever that was that has been haunting each per- each main person, we sort of see like a little glimpse of them at the end. Yep. I think that's really cool. Adds a little bit of the spookiness aesthetic to it. Yeah, so showing you that, like, leaving it open that, like, it may be over, but it may not be over. Mm. Yeah, which then gives you that tingle es- up the spine. Especially something's knocking at the door. That one ends with the entity going into the dad's room, because the boy's dad's living with him. Yep. It ends with the entity going into the dad's room. They never actually got rid of it. It's still there. Yep. It's all just cuts off from there, which I was very upset about. I want to know what happens. <laughs> and I think that, that, again, as I was, it makes it even more spooky that, like, it's not like in a movie where they can, like, defeat the enemy and wrap it all up and it's all nice and then the next day it's all sunny. This These sort of end with, yep, it's here. We haven't got rid of it. It's still hanging around and it's still tormenting us. Yeah. And you just think, oh, imagine... Imagine being stuck like that, living like that, living in a house where you've been tormented like uh, in that something's knocking on the door where three, between 3 and 4 a.m. or 2 and 3, whatever it was, that something just knocks on the door, knocks on the door, knocks on the door. It's like you just you'd slowly go mad not being able to get like a good night's sleep. I'm trying to use earplugs. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if it's a, a, a mystical entity or something like that, it would work a way to either get rid of your earplugs or knock loud enough so you can hear it. Fair enough. Well, here is normally what we'd say our favourite character, but because this is a series, we're going to do our favourite episode. So, what was your favourite episode? My favourite episode is The Cursed Doll. That was probably my favourite. I I do like Cursed Dolls, not in real life, but the storylines of Cursed Dolls, that was pretty good. This doll started off fine, but then started deteriorating more and more, and it was messing with the mother's mind. And as she explains, she's like says that she felt a very maternal instinct to the doll. She wanted to protect the doll. So even when this entity that was attached to the doll was doing things to try and start messing with their minds and start harming them, she still wanted to protect the doll. And I thought that was quite eerie and and creepy. And that was one of my favourite episodes, just from the sheer factor of how it was messing with her mentally. And not just from tormenting, but like making her just be drawn to the doll and wanting to protect the doll. So I thought that was pretty cool. I did have a second favourite one, which was the woman for El, from El Molino. I, I just liked that, that they threw in one where the entity wasn't bad and they were protective. And I just loved, like, because you see this sort of a scene where he, when he enters that danger zone, he should be shot like about three or four times. But he drops down and he ducks down and he hides and does th- other stuff. And, like, yes, the part of it's reenacted, but I think right at the end they actually show the live footage of it happening. Yeah. And you just see him, just like he's standing there. You don't see anything else on the camera. But it looks like he's been shot and he flops to the ground. 
but it was actually him just flopping to the ground because he was told get down. Mm. And then, like, and, he, uh, you see the in the reenactment that's the woman that made him go down. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah. So I really like that. I like the idea of also that some of them aren't out to get you, but they're sort of could be protectors as well. Uh, what about yourself? Did what was your favorite episode? Uh, well, I had two, just like you, mm-hmm. and just like you, one of my my one of my favorites was the cursed doll. I liked it again, just like you, because it was another curse. I like cursed dolls, like you said. I also liked it because it was probably this one. They communicated a little bit more with the entity, mm-hmm. and. It links into my favorite scene, uh, favorite part, I should say. Yep. But yeah, I, I liked the cursed doll one because it was something that cursed something else. So, you know, it's attached itself to this doll so that it can be closer to someone. Yep. I found that very interesting. And my other favorite was the devil dances before Easter, <laughs> which you didn't like this one. No, I didn't really like it as, that much. But why don't you, you tell us why you liked it so much? Um, I think I'd like, I don't know why I liked it so much, but I did make, uh, we also watched this like on the day before Easter. We did actually, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, I, th- I like this one. I'm not sure why I liked it so much, but it, I, I sort of liked the way that it builded the aesthetic of it all. So, you know, kid diso- um, disobeys his grandma, just normal kid stuff, but then he gets severely punished for it mm-hmm. by the punisher himself. So, you know, I I sort of like that. I Yeah, I liked that about it. Also, um, I think, I don't know what else I liked. I think it was pretty cool that he um, sort of grew up to become like his grandma as well. And yeah. now he's using that bad experience to be better. And yeah, that's, that's what I liked about this one, sort of. It had a bit of more of a happy ending to it. Yeah, true. That's, that's true. And yeah, I did like that little bit at the end, how that this experience has changed him and he was wanting to learn more about the, mm. the spiritual side and his heritage, which is, is quite good. I don't know what it was about this episode that I didn't really fancy. It, I don't know. I, I really can't tell you. I just Something about it just didn't grab me as much as a lot of the other episodes did. That one and the someone's knocking, or something's knocking at the door. Those two were the two, they were probably my two least favourite. It was just, I don't know, it probably just didn't scare me as, or didn't, didn't give me the chills as much as the other ones. That's probably about it. I mean, there's something knocking at the door would just drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> if that was there, it wouldn't really give me chills. Or, or I, I, I guess it wasn't like, yes, for the devil dances before Easter, there was that fear of like being harmed, but the knocking one wasn't so much. It was just like... Annoying. Yeah, just a pesterer. So that's just probably... Just peeve everyone off. Yeah, just Because he can. That's just why, in my opinion, I didn't really like it, I guess. Now, you did say that one of the things you did like about the Cursed Doll one was about the communicating with it more. So we actually haven't mentioned it here, but like, even though there's usually one person telling the story, some of the people who are in the room actually were part of the experience as well. So they do have like the, the kids there who also witnessed this stuff and or the partners, or even outside people. Some may have seen it, some may not have seen it. This links into your favourite scene, because one of the people that she went and spoke to, he was sitting in the audience, so he was there. So why don't you tell us what your favourite scene was from these episodes? Uh, Well, my favourite scene for The Cursed Doll was when the 
women with the curse doll went to sort of a podcast station like us. A radio station. A radio station. And they sort of interviewed her about her curse doll and tried to communicate with it using um, metal sticks. Divining sticks, I think. Divining sticks, yes, that. And it basically just responded yes or no to a bunch of questions. It admitted that it was in love with her and also that it wanted to kill her. Yeah. So controversial, but I liked it how they sort of, you know, the entity was actually able to communicate with everyone because most of the other ones, it was just, it's there and it's going to kill you. Yeah. One other thing that happened in that when I was communicating too is that right at the end of their communicating, just after they ask it, do you want to hurt her, do you want to kill her or whatever, she then sees the entity and it comes like charging at her, mm. um, which is like a, an old man or something mm. like that, which makes her fall off her chair. And the, at the same time, they say that the doll fell off the chair the exact same way. It was sitting on a separate chair. So yeah. uh, again, it was another thing that multiple people witnessed is that she fell off because she saw that whatever it was and it started attacking her and the doll reacted in the exact same manner. Yeah. Um, and then my other scene that I liked, which was from The Devil Dances Before Easter, was when the hellhound chased the boy through the streets. Mm-hmm. That was... I like that scene as well. It was a big dog, big papa. Um, what were your favourite scenes? My favourite scene was actually goes back to something you commented about, where it's with a reenactment, sometimes we saw things that other people didn't see, like the actual people living the experience didn't see. And mine is from the House of the Damned, and it's as you said, it's the new stepfather. He they've got a new born baby and they've moved back into the house for a short period of time while they're waiting for something to happen so they can move back out. I can't remember. I think it was they're waiting for uh, a loan approval or something like that. And they hear a noise coming across the baby communicator. So he goes running up the stairs and as he runs up the stairs, you see one of the, a small boy who's a spirit that's trapped in that house. And he's just sort of sitting at the top of the stairs, but just behind it or something playing maybe with a car or something. And you only catch him for a very small glimpse, um, and but the father doesn't see him at all. And to me, I just thought that was a really cool scene, like having those little bits where you, us as the watcher, sees that sees it in the reenactments, but the actual people living the reenactments don't see it. Same with I think in that same one, a lot of the time it would give you the point of view from the evil spirits that were living in the house, um, and the the screen would go sort of dog dark, and you'd see like it was like ash floating in mm. front of their view vision or whatever yeah. um, and it was like showing you that, that they were watching the people living in the house I, I thought both of those sort of things where it was like the actual people living the experience didn't notice it but we did as the viewer I thought they were pretty cool they, yeah. they were some of my favorite scenes uh, speaking of that because um, seeing the spirits and everything the special effects um, there was only a little bit of special effects throughout each episode yeah um, how did you feel what do you think they were very good special effects they were Yes, they, um... Better than Poltergeist? Yes, better than Poltergeist. <laughs> Anything's better than Poltergeist. Uh, it was very good. Yeah, it was... All the special effects were very nice. They didn't look cringy or corny or whatever. They looked like they fit into that episode, you know? The when you saw it from the ghost point of view in the House of the Damned, it sort of looked a little bit weird in my point of view. Mm-hmm. But other than that, all the special effects were really good, and I yeah, they did good on they the special good. effects. Yeah, I agree. They they didn't use heavy special effects, um, but what they did use was all pretty good. A lot of it's just stuff that's been around for ages, which you know obviously looks fine. 
so I'm glad they didn't try and go over the top with any of the special effects. A lot of times it's just like, you know, see-through people standing in corners of rooms or something or mm. objects moving without being touched. So yeah, I thought for the for a TV show, the special effects were pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, so we won't be doing any fact finders this episode because the whole premise of this show is facts. So let's move on to our final wrap-up. Let's give it a rating. So using our rating system, is this a daylight TV series, meaning it is super scary and must be watched in broad daylight? Is it a twilight TV series, meaning it is moderately scary but can still be watched in some darkness? Or is it a midnight series meaning it is not scary at all and can be watched in the pure dark mm. i always feel bad when we give a show a midnight rating it always feels like you know people worked really hard on it and we just demolish it with our opinions <laughs> about it being not that scary but um this show probably ranges from a uh, twi- uh early twilight to midnight mainly because some episodes are scary uh, a little bit scary some aren't mm-hmm. so it's normally it will probably range about in that area mm-hmm. I, I agree so if you probably if you just binge watch this whole thing in one go start at twilight because the earlier i think the earlier ones are probably more scarier than the later ones so then like way as you get to the less less scarier ones you're in the dark and it doesn't matter yeah who should watch this at and at what age uh, well, there's nothing really wrong with this series, and I'm remembering there's a little bit of mature actions, but other than that, we're all good. But yes, yeah, so I'm on about a teenager age, mm-hmm. which I am now. You are, you are. Yes, 13. Um, so some, yeah, someone who's around a teenager age, but always watch it before you show your children. <laughs> but yes, that's our professional opinion. Someone <laughs> around a teenager's age. Um. I'd say it's probably, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go 11, 12 is probably the youngest I would do. It's not super scary, and there's just one little scene that might be a little bit too mature for a younger audience under that. Nothing serious. Not me. I'm mature. Yeah, you're of an age of maturity. <laughs> <laughs> um, final thoughts. Would you watch this series again, or other series in the franchise? Uh, well, I would definitely watch it again. Uh, any other series in the franchise will know that there is a haunted, the American version. We'd see the first episode of that. It wasn't that great. But I still do want to give it more of a chance, just in case that first episode was an off episode. Uh, I, yeah, I really want the... I'll, I'll watch the rest of the haunted yep. series. And the good thing is there's only like about five episodes or something in each series, so... Mm. Yeah, and as I said, I have watched the other two. There are a couple that aren't great, but there are a couple that are really good. So <laughs> it would be good to, to go through and watch them, I reckon, and I'd be happy to re-watch them because I really like the series. And I was really excited when I thought saw that they had brought out this third series of it. Mm. Okay, well, before we say goodbye to everyone, do you have any horror survival tips in case someone finds themselves in a factual setting where they're being haunted by an entity? <laughs> Well, again, just like every other episode, I try and put common sense first. So for this one, it's always best to ditch the problem or avoid it. And I have examples of how all of these could have been avoided in each episode. So for the House of the Damned, they could have just left the house entirely. You know, got a new house. They didn't even have to sell it or anything. They could have just left it there. It's not touched it at all. They could, they probably could have put it up for sale as long as they did, like, hurry or something. They could have set it on fire. You know, all that would have happened if they go into prison. 
which I mean, you know, free food and shelter and whatever for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. For the cursed doll, they could have just burnt the doll. Um, if the kids had a little bit of um, sanity in them, they could have just picked up the doll off their mother and burnt it because it doesn't seem right that a mother cares for this doll as much as she cares for her children, maybe even a little bit more. For something's knocking at the door, you could just ignore the noises, move. That's an option, I guess, if you want to see if it follows you. You'll always just, that's probably the only two that you can do. Earplugs, I suggested before, and you shut those down. For the woman from El Molino, you could just, uh, you, well, this one wasn't a bad one, so I don't have anything bad to say about this, but if you do find yourself in a situation similar to this, listen to what the ghost says if you, if you know they're gonna be friendly to you and they're not trying to kill you. And finally, for the devil dances before Easter, listen to your grandma. She she knows more than you. She's a gypsy as well, which is pretty cool. Oh, and I have a second part to this one as well. Um, Share your experience with your family or close friends. And if they don't believe you, invite them over for a sleepover. Then they will certainly believe you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for those tips. And on that note of kidnapping and holding your family to ransom for a entity that is possessing your house. <laughs> Till next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. But most of all, please tell a friend. If you have any questions, comments, or review suggestions, please email us at somedaylightrequired at outlook.com. And always remember, be good, be kind, and and always always rewind. rewind. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.